waters in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness <clears throat> and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Welcome, everybody, to The Remnant Call. I'm your host, Brother Frank. Glad to be here with you. And, folks, if you didn't catch last week's episode, please go and listen on The Shroud of Turin with Barry Schwartz. I'll tell you, you know, I've listened to Barry. He's got so much information, but I feel last week we really got down to the meat of the evidence. Folks, I believe that our Heavenly Father has done everything possible to show the evidence of the truth of who he is, um, and, and even from archaeology, uh, from this shroud, you know, I've heard all the skeptics, I've seen all the things, but when I actually looked at the real evidence, wow, it's powerful. And the interesting thing is people have thought for so long that that thing's been owned by the Catholic Church. It's actually not true. Uh, it was owned for 600 years uh, by the king over there and not actually by the Catholic Church. So anyways, they do have it in their possession. But the truth is, is I believe the Lord is doing whatever it takes to reach people for his son. And this is the time, this is the day when we need to be out as believers sharing this good news. And I'll tell you, if you didn't catch last week, get that one. But the one before on a solemn assembly, you, that is a must listen also show. Folks, it's time to fast, it's time to pray and seek the Lord with all of our heart. Well, tonight I've got a special guest on all the way from Israel. And you have been familiar with him in the past on the Remnant Call show. And that is Brother Messianic Rabbi Zev Parat. He's the founder of the Messiah of Israel Ministries. He was born in B'nai Barak, one of the most Jewish Orthodox cities in Israel. His grandfather was Rabbi Pinchas Parat, was a Holocaust survivor who later became one of the heads of the Sanhedrin in Israel. Certified as a Jewish rabbi, Zev never truly felt the presence of God and he drifted away from Judaism. That all changed when Zev had a number of supernatural encounters that brought him to faith in Messiah Yeshua, the Lord Jesus. Led by the Holy Spirit, Zev founded the Messiah of Israel Ministries, one of the very few Messianic congregations actively preaching the gospel of Yeshua publicly in Israel. Zev teaches from a unique, unique Hebraic roots perspective of our faith in Yeshua, and he's also a frequent guest on Freedom Friday with Carl Gallus, which you know him from here on the on the Remnant Call and many other stations. Look, you can go check him out at the Messiah of Israel's Ministries webpage, their Facebook. Uh, you can catch him on YouTube, all over the web. But I'm not going to keep him on hold any longer. I'm going to bring him on here with us. Zev, are you here with us tonight? Shalom, brother Frank, an honor and a blessing to be here today, as always. Shalom, Zev. I just really appreciate you coming on here and being uh, just taking your time out. And I thank the Lord. You know, as much uh, things there are about technology, Zev, that I don't like, even though 
being an, an IT and, and network engineering, you would think that I would enjoy everything. But I am thankful we have the technology to speak from Israel all the way to Virginia, and I just thank the Lord for that. And Zeb, I'm going to ask as we open up this show, would you just open up with a word of prayer uh, for that the Lord would just guide and, and lead people to a deeper understanding of who His Son Yeshua is? Avinu Malkeinu Adon Olam, Heavenly Father, Lord Yeshua, Jesus. Abba Father, we come to you humbly and ask, Abba Father, that you open our hearts, that you speak through us, Father, that you anoint us with your power of the Holy Spirit. Abba Father, may everything be spoken to glorify your name. It's all about you. We're just small people with a big God. Abba Father, speak to us, anoint us. May your word reach the heavens. In the mighty name of Jesus Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Zev, I am excited because I've now known you for uh, through the uh, radio program, talking on the phone. We've had great conversations for about a year and a half now. And Zev, you know, you blessed my family. We have been uh, celebrating Hanukkah for years. Uh, we started out with the traditional, the nine branch stand and, uh, or I guess, you know, eight with the, with the one in the middle. So the menorah, the, the rabbinical. And then when you set me straight, Zeb, with the truth in the word about the original, uh, the real menorah was the one that was used and we switched over and Zeb, you blessed us with a menorah from Israel. And I'll tell you, brother, that thing is in our home. It's a part. And when we do Hanukkah, and I see that thing, and I just am so thankful, uh, Zeb, for you sending that to us. And just God bless you for that. And you've really blessed our home through that truth of, of the of of Hanukkah. And, man, my friends have gotten into it. They love it. And, man, well, there's so much deep meaning in that. Well, thank you for everything you're doing. And, you know, glory to Yeshua. Glory to his name. It's all about him, right? He is the seven lampstand menorah. He is Amen. the light of the world. Amen. And you know what's so interesting? Every night we talk about how the Lord is the light of the world, and it just blesses uh, people uh, when you realize, yeah, he really is the light unto our path, the lamp unto our feet. It's just a wonderful thing. Well, Zev, I'm excited because I'm finally going to get to meet you in person, Lord willing, because I'm going to the Hear the Watchman conference because I know you're coming. I've been wanting to meet you in person, face-to-face -face for a long time. Well, thank the Lord, provided the way this year we could go. And so I know, folks, if you haven't heard about the Hear the Watchman conference, it's happening this year in Dallas, Texas, March 22nd to 25th. And uh, I'll be going out there, and Brother Todd, he... He's going to be going with me, too, and we're going to get to see uh, Zev. You're going to be there along with Carl Gallup's, Henry Groover, um, let's see, Dr. Michael Lay, Derek Gilbert. Rest, there's a whole list. You can go on and see all the people that are coming together uh, to be there. Michael Boldia, the, the grandson of Dimitri Dudeman, who, I mean, folks, if you don't know who Dimitri Dudeman is, you need to go look it up. Man, suffered tremendously for the Lord and taking the gospel into Romania and then blessing the United States with a warning uh, of the Lord's return. And so, folks, this is going to be exciting. But, Zev, you're going to be there. Uh, this is going to be the second time you be there. Zev, what's going to happen at this conference? Well, the conference is actually Proverbs 27, verse 17. The name of the conference is Iron Sharpens Iron. And we know the Bible says iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens 
the other. And that's what the conference is all about. It's about sharpening each other in the word of God. And I believe it's not, you, you say it's from the 22nd to the 25th, but the impact of this conference is going to be for eternity. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to meeting you, Brother Frank, and it's going to be an awesome time. And I really encourage the people to try to get down there to Dallas. There's not too many tickets left, but if you can't get a ticket or you can't come, then uh, live stream the conference. It's going to be uh, available via uh, live stream. You can get all that information on here, thewatchman.com. And also if you use my code, ZEV20, you will get a discount. Amen for that. And I did, Zev, use that code twice for me and Todd. And so I appreciate that. Praise the Lord. Um, folks, uh, Zev's going to be doing some presentations. Zev, could you, could you kind of give our audience just, I mean, don't, I'm not asking to let the cat out of the bag, but could you just give a sneak peek of what you're going to be sharing uh, a little bit with what's going to be going on there? I think everybody wants to be blessed and God wants to bless everyone. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of heaven. And everything will be added to. And I want to be speaking about divine reversals and what it means to seek first the kingdom of heaven and, and what will happen if we seek first the kingdom of heaven and what it all means. What did John the Baptist mean when he, when he spoke about, uh, you know, preparing the way for the Lord? That's what I'll be speaking about. I'll also be doing breaking classes uh, in, in, in the conference, teaching Hebraic roots. I'll be speaking about what is Hebraic roots. And uh, how are we as believers in Jesus and Yeshua to understand all this? What is the role of the church in the end times? So that's what I'll be speaking about. So I'll have two breaking classes, plus I'll be speaking uh, in the conference itself, uh, the message which is from darkness to the light, divine reversal. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, Zev, I know you know about that firsthand. Um, what it means to come out of the darkness and into the light. And folks, we're going to have Zev back on here in the future. He's going to share his actual conversion story. And I'll tell you, folks, it's powerful, powerful, because when you're raised in that type of an environment, of an orthodox environment, um, it can be hard to see other things even 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 if it's in the Bible. Zev, I think sometimes there's a misconception that everybody that's Jewish, they automatically understand everything about the Old Testament. Is that actually true? Absolutely not. Uh, you know, the only thing that, the only way you can understand the Old Testament, the New Testament, because it's all one book from Genesis to Revelation, is through the Ruach HaKodesh, through the Holy Spirit. I mean, we can have basic understanding, but to understand the deepness of the Bible, we need to realize that the whole Bible from Genesis to Revelation it's all about Yeshua. It's all about Jesus. Everything. From Genesis to Revelation. And if you don't believe in Yeshua and don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be able to understand the Word of God to the deepness of it because you reject Jesus as the Messiah, as Lord, as God, as deity. So that's the reason why so many Jews are studying the, the Torah, the, the Bible, but because they reject Jesus, they don't see the deepness of the Bible. So to answer your question, they have knowledge in the Torah but the lack of the greatest element of the Torah, which is Jesus, and the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us, John 1.14. Amen, amen. Uh, you know, Zev, I too fell into that trap just with in Hanukkah um, of the trap of falling into what the rabbis said over what the truth uh, of the Lord and what he says in his Word and I know, Zev, that was kind of your experience and, and what you deal with. 
And so right now, Zev, uh, you're in, we're coming in right here. This is the 70th year of the nation of Israel, according to Isaiah 66, 8. Uh, a lot is going on right now. How is your ministry directly uh, either impacted by this, or how are you trying to impact others with what's going on right now in Israel? Well, that's a very good question, and it's uh, just enormous what the Lord is doing, praise his name. But I want to back up just a little bit, Brother Frank, and, and a little bit expand more on that question of following the rabbis. And I think that many times I hear a lot of people, I get a lot of emails uh, from people asking me about Matthew uh, 22, uh, 23, verses 2 and 3, where it says the teachers of the law, which actually means the teachers of the Torah, and the Pharisees sit in the seat of Moses. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. Now, a lot of people are asking, okay, on one side you say not to follow the rabbis, but look, Jesus says to follow the rabbis. But that's not what Yeshua was saying. We need to understand the context. And we need to understand also uh, not just the context, but when it was written and where, what it was written from. Now, there was no New Testament at that time. Everything that Jesus, Yeshua, spoke, his whole ministry, everything was quoted from the Old Testament. So the Pharisees, they understood or his disciples understood what he's speaking about. But in no way does that Bible verse say that we're to follow the Pharisees. On the contrary, it says not to follow them. So what does it mean? To fully understand, we have to understand what the seed of Moses is. And if we go to the book of Exodus, we'll look at uh, chapter 18. I won't read the whole thing, but I will read from verse 13. Exodus 18, 13, uh, verse 13 to 18. It actually tells us what the seed of Moses is and where it began from. Uh, the next day Moses took his seat, that's the seat of Moses, to serve as a judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and judge? Why all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered him, because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me, and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees. Now, the word there for God's decrees and instructions is God's Torah. And in no way do we mean Torah by following the rabbis. Torah just means God's instructions. Okay, so God's decrees and instructions. Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law replied, What you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. Listen now to me. I will give you some advice, and may God be with you. You must be the people's representatives before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions, and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve, have them serve as judges for the people at all times, but every difficult case you should take. So basically, and I'm just paraphrasing right now this part, basically what his father is go and find men that you trust and have and divide the work between them. So this is where the seed of Moses began. And by Moses listening to his father-in-law through the Holy Spirit, Moses began to divide the work, and the seed of Moses began to expand. Well, everything was going okay because they were teaching the truth until the time where Yeshua came, Jesus came, 
and then they started to reject the true Torah, and the word became flesh and tabernacled among us, and they started to change their teachings. So if you go to a synagogue, even today, when they read the, the scroll, the Torah scroll, they're reading the truth. As soon as the rabbi gets off of his bench, he starts to interpret the Bible, what's called the oral Torah or the Gemara, all these things that are not from God. And this is where Jesus was warning them. He says, okay, when they read from the Torah scroll on the seat of Moses, that's okay. But as soon as they get off that seat, do not listen to them, for they do not practice what they teach. And that's the, in no way is Jesus saying to follow them. He's saying to listen to them when they read the word of God, but not to follow what they do. And we got it all, some people got it mixed up that we are, okay, this is an open door to start following the rabbis. No, it's not. It's an open door just to listen to the word of God and follow only the Holy Spirit through Yeshua HaMashiach. And that's the true Hebraic roots. Does that make sense, Brother Frank? It does, and I'm interested. I'm sure you've had that. You've shared that with some Orthodox uh, over there in Israel. Does that seem to Does that seem to get through when you actually share that teaching with them? Well, I mean, I can't do anything. It's only the Holy Spirit. All I can do is share the sure. truth. But I do, uh, you know, show them the messianic prophecies that Jesus fulfilled and uh, the future prophecies that He will fulfill according to the Bible. Uh, everything's in the Old Testament because everything in the Old Testament is a shadow of the new. If you read something in the book of Revelation, it's got to be in the Old Testament. You want to understand the back of the book, you got to go to the front of the book. So it, the, I take them to the front of the book. And after they ex experience the revelation of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus, Yeshua, God is the Messiah, then I can bring them to the back of the book. But, um, Amen. Yes, well, I mean, we have a lot of people having their eyes open and understanding, okay, this is the seed of Moses. This is what the Messiah spoke about. And, and they admit, I mean, a lot of times the Pharisees here admit that what Moses was actually doing, they changed. But they claim that they changed because God gave them new revelation. We understand that's uh -huh. not true. But having said that, their admission of changing what Moses taught opens the door for the gospel. So God is turning it around for good. Yeah, You know, Zev, we suffer the same things as, you know, believers in, in the U.S. churches where we also become what we call pastoral dependent, where the congregation, it becomes dependent upon the pastor instead of the Lord. And what happens is when the pastor either has a failure, the pastor doesn't live up, or the pastor leaves, their faith is actually in what the pastor is doing. And, and instead of being the Lord being the head of their of their local church or you know their synagogue, it's actually the pastor, and so we actually get the same things in the in the Christian denominations too as they have in 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 the Orthodox over there of of taking the pastor actually over the word of the Lord. Yeah, the, the rabbi, yes, the spiritual leader, and 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 yeah. again, we're not encouraging anybody not to listen to your pastor if you're going to a congregation or a church. You should listen to your pastor if the pastor is in line with the Word of God. And the only way you can check that is by at, seeking God and looking at the Word of God. So, you know, the pastor is the authority. Uh, but, you know, the head of the church, the head of the congregation is Yeshua, HaMashiach, Jesus. And, if, Amen. again, if he's teaching the Word of God, that's fine. But if he's teaching something outside the Word of God, then we need to have discernment. And that goes for, for every one of us here. If I'm teaching something that's outside of the Word of God, then don't listen to me either. Just listen to, to God, listen to the Word of God. We're just men. Uh, only Yeshua HaMashiach knows everything. Amen. That's what the more honorable the Bereans, because they actually studied and proved out the things that Paul was teaching 
from the word instead of just from his mouth. And he called them more honorable. So praise the Lord for that. Well, Zev, uh, I appreciate you going back and clearing up the seed of Moses. It is a misunderstood uh, concept in the word by many, and I thank you for that. Um, and back to, I, I know there's such a stir going on with this whole 70th uh, year celebration um, in Israel. Uh, so what's going on right now over there, and, and how is your ministry playing a part in this? Well, praise God. You know, the 70th year of the nation of Israel is prophetic. Uh, we see what's going on around the world. We see Bible prophecy being fulfilled daily, what's going on in the news in the Middle East with, with Russia, with China, with, with Iran, in the United States, in Israel. And we know it's all, it all ties in with the Bible. But having said that, the gospel is being preached. The veil is being lifted here in Israel. Am I saying that there is a revival in Israel? Absolutely. But we need to understand that a revival in Israel is not what you what you would see on the Internet when you think, uh, you know, thousands upon thousands giving their souls, uh, you know, in Africa or other places. In Israel, 10, 20, 30 people being saved in a month, that's a supernatural revival. And that's happening right now in Israel. Those numbers are huge for the nation of Israel. It's never been experienced in the past decade so many salvations like we're having right now. Glory to God. And it does tie in with the 70th year of the nation of Israel. We just came back from uh, Jerusalem preaching the gospel. And, uh, you know, we were sure it was packed. First of all, you know, to see Jerusalem packed, not at a feast, not at a, at a Shabbat time, just in a regular weekday, to see so many people praying at the Kotel area, it just shows that the people of Israel are hungry. That's what it shows. I mean, if you look at the pictures of, of our last uh, evangelistic uh, outreach report, you think it's a feast or something, but it's not. It's just a regular weekday. It was a Wednesday. And look at the amount of people that were there. Never been seen before in Israel, not on a feast day. And that just shows how much the people are hungry and how much they, they don't know what they're searching for, but God knows what they're searching for. They're searching for the truth. And the truth can only do one thing, set you free. And one of the rabbis of the area came up to us, Rabbi Leibovich, and he started to, you know, persecute us. And he just said, you know, take your, your New Testament out of here. and You're a Christian. He didn't even look at my Bible. He assumed it's a New Testament. And I had to tell him, I'm, I'm preaching from the Old Testament. And again, I don't want the viewers and listeners around the world to misunderstand. We believe in the authority of the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. But what we need to understand is, in general, for a Jew to read the New Testament before he accepts Jesus is, I wouldn't say it's impossible, I would say it's very difficult. We have had Jews come to faith from the New Testament, but in general, Orthodox Jews, especially, will not read the New Testament. So he attacked us by telling us it's the New Testament, the Brit HaChadashah. And I, I just, you know, in love and compassion, was trying to calm him down that, look, this is the Old Testament, this is the... Uh, this is what Moses, uh, you know, received from God. This is the truth right here. And he was just trying to, you know, give me one of his rabbi books, lead me to that. Eventually, praise God, the Holy Spirit just fell upon him for that moment, and he was able to read the Word of God. And the scripture we read was Micah 5, 2, which is a birth of a king in Bethlehem, which is Bethlehem, house of bread, where we know Jesus was born, and, and King David was born there, because from King David will come the line of Messiah Yeshua. So those two people confirm the Word of God. Uh, in Bethlehem, House of Bread. And, but before I read Micah 5, 2 with him, I asked him, who is before the foundation of the world? Now, he was quite puzzled with my question because, you know, it, it's actually like you're, I'm a rabbi and you're asking me this question like I'm in <clears throat> kindergarten or something. Of course, it's God, you know. He was very, you know, the way he answered me in a, in a, you know, in a, in a prideful way. Like, what are you asking me this, this baby question? 
And I said, are you sure? And he said, yes. And then we went to read Micah 5.2. Now, Micah 5.2, in many translations, say his days are from old or, or, or before time, which are, which are all accurate translations. But in Hebrew, it says, Yamav meyamei kedem yamav, which translates, his days are before the foundation of the world. Now, that's powerful. Only God is before the foundation of the world. And I, I told the rabbi, we read this, and the rabbi turns red. And I look at him and I said, by your own testimony, you just admit that this baby in Micah 5, 2, this king is God. And this is what's happening in Israel wow. right now on, on a weekly basis. This is amazing because, Zev, you've shared, you've had so many different um, in, in run-ins with rabbis and you, they've tried to deprogram you. And it's and the Lord seems to supernaturally sustain you every time. And this is kind of how you have to operate over there. Absolutely. I mean, uh, if I look back at, at my life and, and why God had me grow up as an Orthodox Jew, I believe that part of it is, is for my calling to, to be able to, to witness, to share to these people, because more or less I know where they're coming from because I used to study like them. Uh, and I understand. I mean, it's, I mean, the Bible says the Jews are stiff-necked. That's an understatement. It's very, very hard for a Jew uh, to look at the Bible, at the Word of God, without a rabbinic interpretation, I mean, he automatically wants to go see what the rabbis have to say. And that's why if we can get them to read the Word of God, just the Word of God, without any interpretations, then that's when the Holy Spirit can open their eyes. And, and it's, it's difficult. That's why I say when you see 30 people being saved in Israel in a month, that's a huge revival. I, I'm, I, I agree. And that, you know, I have um, a person I worked with before. Uh, I still know them personally. And they were over just a couple of years ago in India. And he actually got to experience Pentecost. I mean, they saw 3,000 people getting baptized and say, I mean, it was unbelievable. He said, never seen anything like it in his life. And what was happening, Zeb, was these, these pastors were going up to these villages. And they would just roll their mat out and, and they would sleep outside of the village until they would get a doorway in. And they, their goal was to get in and they would get to the chief of that village because if they could win him over, they would get the whole entire um, village to come. And, and Zeb, I believe the Lord has raised you being orthodox in order for you to be able to reach the rabbis because just like Rabbi Kadurian, the whole uh, story of how he found the Messiah. When the rabbis can find the Messiah, boy, what can that do for the congregations that they serve? Absolutely. I mean, this, this is why, uh, you know, we've been launching uh, CD campaigns all through Israel. We have these Bible CDs with contact information. And the anti-missionary organization, the ones who try to deprogram us, are actually all over the radio, Sheva, which is the seventh uh, radio station in Israel, uh, funny how it's called seven the number of seven is perfection but uh you know it's you see the the spiritual warfare by them calling themselves number seven but they're actually warning the people not to open their post boxes and look at these cds you see the cd just throw it away but it's backfiring on them because the jews especially the secular jews they say wait a minute you're telling us to throw away the cd now we want to hear what's on the cd we want to read what's on the CD. And then they read, and then the Holy Spirit is, is activating big time here in Israel in the 70th year, and we're seeing salvation after salvation after salvation. And even the ones that are not saved 
are interested and want to sit down, want to study the word. So we say what the Bible says, blessed are those that are persecuted for Yeshua's name. So they're persecuting us, but the blessing's coming in. So this is something you guys are doing right now, sending out this CD. This is something the Messiah of Israel ministry is doing right now? Absolutely. We have these Bible CDs, uh, tens of thousands of Bible CDs. And what we do is we take uh, uh, believers, brothers and sisters uh, from the nations, from all over the world. We believe in the one new man, Ephesians 2.15. And we just go all through Israel and blast the post boxes. You know, it's illegal in Israel to put documents or, or flyers or anything in a post, post box. Uh, so we do it. We just blast the post boxes. And, of course, I'm not going to tell you that everybody's reading them. We do have to go over to the trash cans and pull a lot out that people threw away. But having said that, over 80% are not throwing them away. They're listening to them. They're reading them. And the Holy Spirit's working. And the, and the anti-missionary organization, the Ad Lafim, are furious. They're scared. They're warning the people. They don't know what to do. They're attacking us. But we're not going to stop preaching the gospel because God wants us to preach the gospel. We're all called. And this is end time stuff. This is what I'm talking about. In the 70th year of the nation of Israel, God had us blessed, you know, receive these CDs. And, uh, you know, we're launching campaigns from time to time. We're not telling the people when we're launching the campaigns because, you know, we're not, we don't have fear, but we have wisdom. We're not going to get, let the anti-missionary organization know the days that we're doing it. But we do do it. And, we, you know, we, we take four or five people in a car. And we go to one block, we blast the post boxes, get into a car, go to the next block, so they don't have too much time to chase us. But uh, if they come, we'll just, you know, treat them in love and compassion. And uh, if we're persecuted, then so be it. Wow. Zeb, I know this is something you never do. You never, you did, I didn't even really realize about this recent campaign that you're doing till right now. But Zeb, please, if you could just share for a second, if somebody here in the U.S. wants to I know you don't ask for this, so folks, nobody set me up for this. Zeb didn't ask, but if someone wants to donate to, to help that, because Zeb, there are those of us here, we want to see Jews, we want to see them come to the Messiah and know him personally. How can they help right now with this ministry and what you guys are doing in evangelism over there? Well, first and foremost, prayer. Prayer is very important. But also, you can go to our website, messiahofisraelministries.org. And, uh, of course, there's uh, designated uh, places you can donate, but there's also a uh, donation button. You can donate via PayPal or credit card or any way the Lord leads you to donate. And if you want to donate for the CDs, then you just leave us a note designated for CDs. And uh, every dollar will go for the gospel, the preaching of Yeshua HaMashiach. Uh, so thank you for asking. And it's all in God's hands. You know, we depend on God, and but God uses brothers and sisters around the world to enable us to preach the gospel. Amen. And, and folks, that's sometimes I know that people, they've gotten older in years and they feel like they, they just want to do something. They want to reach out more and they they have trouble. That Well, you know what? Even, even a couple of dollars makes a difference. Um, you know, the widow's two mites meant a lot to the Lord because it was given from the heart. And so folks, if you're feeling like you want to get out somewhere that they're actually, you know, this, this isn't like some organizations where it's all into overhead. They're actually going to make a difference. Please donate there to the Messiah of Israel ministries. And, and uh, Zev quickly, what is the website? Messiah of Israel ministries.org.net or.com. Uh, or you can just Google my name. Uh, uh, Missy Anna, grab my Zev Ford or Zev Ford. Everything will come up on Google. 
Or you can go to my partner, Pastor Carl Gallops, and carlgallops.com. You'll see a link to my website there as well. As right now, I'm also connected with him in ministry and running the PNN offices in Israel as well. Praise God. It's a beautiful picture Amen. of the one new man, a Baptist preacher and a Messianic rabbi working together at the harvest in the end times. Well, Zev, it sounds like you don't actually have time to sleep, so may God give you strength in everything that you do. And uh, thank you for that. And so, Zev, interesting thing is now you're talking about this, the whole ministry that you're doing, but it's interesting how you're Israel right now is paralleling the United States in many ways. But one interesting way is what's been going on in the news lately. Our president and your president, uh, Bibi Netanyahu, are both being attacked. What? Why is there so much outrage right now against your president? We understand here in the United States, we, re- we hear the news, but why is everybody so fired up over there in Israel right now? Isaiah 68, 6, verse 8, can a nation be born in a day? We are in the 70th year of the reborn state of Israel. Bible prophecy before our very eyes. And the enemy, Satan, is in rage. And the dragon is in rage. And he's losing his mind because he knows that the end time is near. No one knows when Jesus is coming. The Bible says no one knows. But there's never been a generation closer to the second coming of Yeshua Jesus in this generation, and the enemy knows that his days are numbered, the enemy knows that he's going to the lake of fire, and the enemy knows that the end time key is Israel, and he targets everyone that stands for Israel, or anyone that is Israel, and if you and I were grafted into the olive tree, I'm grafted back into the olive tree, Romans 11:23. you're grafted into the olive tree, Romans 11:17. and we are the one family, the one new man, Ephesians 2:15. then you're spiritually Israel, and he's attacking you because you're part of Israel. Now, politically side, prophecy side, Benjamin Netanyahu, and he's not the president of Israel. I mean, he's the prime minister, okay? But he is the leader of Israel right now, positioned by God. He's not a believer. He's not a, you know, I don't, I don't think he's a believer, but it doesn't matter. God has positioned him to be the prime minister of Israel. God has positioned Donald Trump to be the president of the United States of America. He's been called by God, whether he knows it or not. Whether he's a believer or not, I don't know. We're not looking for a pastor. We're looking for a prime minister and a president, and that's what we have. God has anointed these men to do this work. The Holy Spirit is working through them, whether they believe in Yeshua or don't believe in Yeshua. And the connection between Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel and Donald Trump in Israel is exactly why Benjamin Netanyahu they want to indict him right now. The news here in Israel, they're trying to, you know, to, to do everything they can to take him out of office, take him out of government. They're doing the same thing to Donald Trump. Benjamin Netanyahu and Donald Trump met last week, and, they, and Netanyahu said that there's a witch hunt against him and against Donald Trump, those witch spells. So Benjamin Netanyahu is realizing this too as well. It's the same thing. Are they going to be able to indict Benjamin Netanyahu? Probably not. And even if they do, nothing's going to happen. Thus says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Same thing with Donald Trump. And we spoke about it earlier. It seems that Donald Trump gets out of every situation. Well, the reason he gets out of every situation is because the hand of God is upon Donald Trump. Because the Bible says in 40 that I will bless those that bless Israel, and I will curse those that curse Israel. Donald Trump, whether he's a believer or he's not a believer, is standing with Israel, is blessing Israel, has realized Israel, Jerusalem, as the capital of Israel, 
year of Israel, and he's going to move the embassy up the day. And that's why they're being attacked. And the ones that are attacking may not know that they're being used by Satan, but that's what's happening here. This is spiritual warfare here. It has nothing to do with the political side. It's spiritual warfare. But the victory is through Yeshua HaMashiach. And these men are going to stay in government because Yeshua says so. Well, it's interesting, Zeb. There's a misconception, um, and I know you have tried to share that with people before, but a lot of people, especially Christians, they think, oh, Israel, it's the Holy Land. Uh, the difference is, is that everybody just believes in the Old Testament. They're all faithful Jews. But that's not true. You have an extremely secular society, just like we do here in the United States. Isn't that right? Uh, yes, Brother Frank. You know, um, we think about Israel as the Holy Land. Now, Jerusalem is a very orthodox uh, uh, city. But if you take Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv is, uh, I mean, it's New York City with Hebrew with Hebrew signs on it. That's what it is. You know, it's the same thing. And uh, there's pubs and sin and tattoo parlors and gay parlors. It's basically the same thing. So uh, to answer your question, yes, but the culture in Israel is a rabbinic culture. What do I mean by that? If you go to a place where people don't, don't observe the Sabbath, don't follow the rabbis, they still take the rabbi at face value. They'll still get married in rabbinic court. They, they have a, a health issue. They'll still go to a rabbi for a healing. They'll still go to a rabbi for advice. So they may be secular, but the culture is to follow the rabbis. Uh, interesting. Kind of like in America, a lot of people say they're Christian, but they're not really Christian, but their culture is Christian. It's kind of the mm. same thing. Okay, interesting. Well, a part of that culture... Uh, which whether, I, and I've learned this, my wife helped raise a, a wonderful uh, Jewish family she worked for and um, raised their children and uh, just still uh, the daughters, one of my daughter's best friends to this day, we love them dearly, uh, but it, they weren't very um, dedicated necessarily, but when it came to uh, the holy days every year, of course, no matter what, even though they weren't observant, they did observe those. And so right now we're coming into the time of Passover and being that it is a culture of rabbinic and which is biblical and in, in, in its origins and some things. And we see right now that everybody seems to be going uh, crazy, uh, not in necessarily bad terms or good, but they're going crazy getting their homes cleaned up. Uh, and, and everything. Why? Why is everybody going uh, so out of control to get themselves ready for for the Passover? Well, pray, praise the Lord for that question. You know, I mean, first of all, it's been going on for a month here in Israel, and I'm sure in the United States and other places where there's Jewish communities, they're cleaning and cleaning and cleaning, and, and actually, you know, there's there's throwing away a lot of furniture, a lot of things, replacing everything. And and why is that? Because they believe that the Bible says that they are not to eat unleavened bread for seven days, and it does. They believe that they're to have their houses clean from leaven, and the Bible does say that. They believe that if they eat leaven or have leaven, they'll be cut off from Israel, meaning that they, will be, they won't have eternal life or, or they won't be in the presence of God. They base that on Exodus chapter 12, verse 15, where it says, for seven days you are to eat bread made without yeast, and on the first day, remove the yeast from your houses. For whoever eats anything with yeast in it from the first day through, the seventh must be cut off from Israel. So they read that. They don't believe in Jesus, Yeshua. And they say, wait a minute. If we have any leaven in our house, we're going to be cut off from Israel. The rabbis 
actually put fear in Jews. And I'm not just talking about Orthodox Jews. You can go to a, uh, a neighborhood in Israel where they're totally secular. I mean, they, they eat pork, okay? They, they'll go to a discotheque on a Friday. But they'll take this Bible verse at face value and actually believe that them and their family is going to be cursed and be cut off. Now, we understand what this Bible verse means. The Bible says that Yeshua is unleavened. Leaven in the Bible represents sin. Paul says a little, a little leaven spoils the whole lump. When God told Israel to take out the leaven out of their houses, he was speaking about their spiritual homes. It was a foreshadow for them to see Messiah Yeshua. In fact, in, in, in Deuteronomy 18, Moses speaks about there's going to be a prophet from your brother and you must listen to him. Everything was a preparation for Messiah Yeshua. But they rejected Messiah Yeshua when Messiah, and therefore they don't see the spiritual meaning of this Bible verse, and they take it literal, and they believe that if they have a little bit of leaven in their house, they're going to be cursed or their family's not going to be blessed. But now let's, let's look at this Bible verse and read it through Yeshua HaMashiach through the Holy Spirit. Our bodies are living sacrifices. Our bodies are the temple of God. Yeshua lives inside of us. We are to remove the leaven, the sin from our life. How do we do that? Through Messiah Yeshua by repenting, by dying in Messiah Yeshua daily. God doesn't care if you have a piece of bread in your home. That's not what he's speaking about. What he's saying is if you don't repent and don't take the leaven out of, out of yourself, which you can't do only through Messiah Yeshua, then you'll be cut off from Israel. Now, who is Israel? Israel is the one new man. It's Ephesians 2.15. That's what it's speaking about. It's you and I. It's the ones that believe in Jesus, the ones that will be in the new Jerusalem, the remnant, the victorious bride of Yeshua. That's what it's talking about. Now, we use this Bible verse to preach the gospel to them and say, okay, it's great that you're cleaning the home, but God wants you to clean your sin. He's not talking about that physical bread. And only Yeshua can do it. Only he's unleavened. Mm, that's powerful. That is so powerful. You know, and sometimes it, what, what God says to do, then it gets turned into an extreme. So he's, it just even in the words in the, in the Bible, he said, don't, eat any yeast or leaven, remove it out of your home. But like you're saying, they're throwing out furniture. They're throwing out everything uh, that's even, you know, got anything. And, and it goes beyond what the word of God actually says, just like the whole, uh, the, the, the meat and, and the, and the cheese or, or the, the dairy over one verse that said, don't cook a, a kid in its own mother's milk. And so anything can be taken to, to an extreme. Yeah. And, and so it, it goes to an, an extreme uh, instead of seeing the spiritual side of it. And, wow, so everybody's turning everything upside down right now in Israel. Zev, um, I mean, the homeless people in Israel are having a party right now because they can literally go to the streets of Israel and they can have everything new because they're throwing away good televisions, good refrigerators, good – they you know, God forbid they, they'll be a piece of livid on our furniture. We they they replace their painting, their homes. So, I mean, economically, Israel is prospering right now because one of the main supermarkets in Israel, branches in Israel, is called Rami Levi. And Rami Levi is owned by Orthodox Jews. So they're promoting Exodus and saying, you better get the levit out of your house, otherwise you're not going to have a blessing this year. And they're selling all the cleaning stuff, so they're making tons of money on this. Oh, Wow. That's that's a shame, and uh, but I get you know I guess the economy it's great, and and I, I'm sure people budget for this time of year every year, uh, just because they know it's going to come up. And what a you know it's interesting what a financial burden, and yet the Lord is trying to relieve the relieve the burden from us that we're carrying. Um, 
it's right there for the taking, and, and that's why the gospel needs to be preached so badly right now, not only in Israel, folks, but right here in the United States. People need the gospel uh, over there. Zev, we're, I know we're coming up on Passover, and you recently, we just left out of the time of Purim, um, you know, and, and I know you have, a, folks, Zev has a few teachings on out there um, on Purim that was we just went through. And, and that's an important time because that's been a very um, – the book of Esther has been somewhat of a controversial book in the Bible, and I want to encourage you to go listen. Zeb, you, did, you just recently did a few teachings on that, correct? Absolutely. I did also on the Lynn Lee, uh, Lynn Lee show. Uh, you can look at that up on the Internet and also on our website on the YouTube channel. And uh, hear about the story of Esther was really a prophetic victory of us, the believers in Jesus, Yeshua, once again a foreshadow of Yeshua Mashiach. But I want to back up a little bit to, uh, to Passover. So we know that Passover is, is Jesus is the Passover lamb. Paul, uh, John speaks about this, John 129, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We know that's Yeshua Mashiach. That's what we celebrate. And we know that there is... Uh, Unleavened bread, we spoke about that. That's Yeshua HaMashiach, and then we have first fruits. But then, after first, between first fruits and Shavuot, Pentecost, uh, interesting, God tells uh, the Israelites in Leviticus 23, verse 15 to 17, uh, from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheep of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, that's Pentecost, count 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath, and and the key, and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord, verse 17, for whoever, wherever you live, bring two loaves, two loaves made of tents of an ephah with finest flour baked with yeast as an offering of first fruits to the Lord. That doesn't make any sense, that Bible verse. We just finished Passover. We celebrated unleavened bread. We celebrated first fruits, the resurrection of Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach. He's our first fruits. And now we're getting close to Pentecost, Shavuot, and God is telling us to take two loaves of bread with leaven. But he just said to take the leaven out of our house. And he, and he said that we just finished the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and now he's telling us to take leaven again. Which, and he's telling us to take two loaves of bread. What does that mean? Now, well, let's look at it prophetically. Two loaves of bread. Who is to take the two loaves of bread? It's the high priest is to take the two loaves of bread with leaven, and to wave it as a wave offering. Now, who is the high priest? The high priest is Yeshua HaMashiach. The foreshadow was Aaron in the Bible. Tell okay, Yeshua, he's the high priest. The two loaves of bread represent the one new man, Ephesians 2.15. Two loaves of bread. If you look at a priest waving those two loaves of bread, you'll have a picture of the cross of the tree. He's taking our sins on him, which is Yeshua HaMashiach. The two loaves of bread are to be baked with leavened because leavened represents sin. You and I still have sin. We cannot be unleavened. He takes our sins and he waves it before the Lord, and therefore we have forgiveness. That's what it's speaking about. Now, the reason God says to bring your best is God wants to show us your best cannot meet God's standard. You take the best that you have, but I'm going to show you that even your best still has leavened. And that's the reason in Leviticus 23 Verse 15 to 17, he says to take two loaves of bread. He says he's to wave it, and he says to take it with yeast. It's to show that we just finished the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Only Yeshua is unleavened. All of us have fallen short of the glory, but through him we become righteous. He is the high priest. Through him we become priests. And it's always the picture of the one new man wherever you look in the Bible. 
Once again, the Jews, they have no idea why God is telling them to do this. And once again, the gospel is being preached in Israel. And we have an opportunity to, to show that being Jewish is not a ticket to heaven. The ticket to heaven is only Yeshua HaMashiach, who said it with his own mouth. No one makes it to the Father, but only through me. Well, praise the Lord. That, uh, Zev, I think we've come to a perfect place to ending of this program. Folks, that is some powerful things that are going on, and what a deeper meaning. And, and it's also a lesson to us right here in the U.S. And, and sometimes I think, you know, the, the Lord has given such a blessing. We have the Word of God available uh, not only at everywhere you go, but in hotels, still in many hotels in this country, you can even open up the drawer and find a Gideon Bible in there from the Gideons that did all that hard work through the years. And God has provided the truth in his word all over. What a shame for us not to take advantage and read that word and find out what it really says. Zev, you've helped us to understand some deeper meanings tonight and about what the Lord is doing. And and you mentioned something that's very true, Zev. You mentioned me. I'm a Gentile. I mean, I guess I could be Jew. I have no idea. I haven't done the 23andMe or Ancestry.com stuff. You know, I don't know where I come from. But I believe that I've been grafted in, Zev, and, and you got grafted back in. And I believe that brings us together as brothers not because of your blood or mine, but because of Yeshua's blood that was shed. We have both been grafted in because of our belief in that. And Zeb, that makes us brothers. And and I know that that's been a struggle that you've struggled with through the years, is helping the Christian church in America to understand that they, too, are part of Israel when they get grafted in. And I know that's deep in your heart, Zev. And if you could close us and share just a few to end up this program with a word of encouragement, speak to the audience, Zev, for a moment about the importance of being a part of Israel. Well, it's it's always it's always been about Israel. I mean, it started. God has order, and the order was from Israel to the nations. Now it's time for the nations to bring the gospel back to Jerusalem and go home. And that's what it's all about. I mean, Romans eleven twenty five says, "Until the fullness of the nations." What's the fullness of the nations? It's the gospel has to be preached all over the world. The true gospel, the true meaning of the gospel. You know, not the Catholic gospel, but the true gospel of Yeshua Hamashiach. Jesus Yeshua was an Israelite. Everything he spoke was as he taught the Israelites. That's why in the book of Revelation, when you and I sing the victory song, what are we going to sing? We're going to be singing the song of Moses, which is the song of the Lamb, because the Lamb gave it to Moses. Well, where is the song of Moses taken from? It's taken from the Torah, from the Old Testament, given to Moses. And therefore, if we understand that our victory is being grafted into spiritually Israel, then we can be encouraged study the way Yeshua spoke the word of God, not to follow man, but to follow his word. And I think that's what it's all about. And, you know, we can only, uh, you and I can only share the truth, but ultimately each person is going to have to ask God for revelation. And the Bible says, ask and you shall receive if it's the will of God. Is it the will of God that you receive his word? Absolutely. So therefore, if you ask, you must receive. And I think that's what it's all about. And I want to encourage all the brothers and sisters around the world that have been emailing us and telling us things like, you know, we don't know Hebrew and, and, uh, you know, how can we understand all this? When, and I've been saying over and over again, it's not a language issue. It's a spiritual issue. 
Amen. Hallelujah. This is a spiritual book. The Word of God is spiritually discerned, folks. It doesn't matter. There are a lot of people who know the devil knows the Bible, okay? But it takes the spirit of the living God to understand the truth in the Word. And so, Zeb, I just thank you. Folks, you've heard him right here. Zeb Parati is going to be at the Hear the Watchman conference in Dallas, Texas. Iron sharpens iron starts March 22nd to the 25th. And if you use his Prode, I think it's you said it was Zev20, I believe, that you'll get a 20% discount off the cost of the entrance fee or the admission fee to get into there. And Zev, I'm looking forward to meeting you, and I'm asking that God just bless you in everything you do and in the ministry of the Messiah of Israel, that he just keeps you in his way. And I'm asking, Zev, um, that you would just um, close us out with a blessing and this show. Zeb, you know I ask it all the time, and I, I hate to do it, but I love hearing it in Hebrew. If you would speak the blessing as we shut down this show tonight. The blessing of the high priest, given from the high priest, which is Jesus, Yeshua, HaMashiach, Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. As I always like to say, the blessing is not for me. It's coming from the heavens. We're just a uh, mediator. We're just a tool uh, used by God. In Hebrew, it's not a corporal blessing, it's a singular blessing, which means God is coming to each one of you and blessing you. And if you're a believer in Jesus and Yeshua HaMashiach, then this blessing belongs to you because you are spiritually Israel. And the Bible says that we're all priests. He's our high priest. And therefore, we obtain this blessing from his grace and his mercy. He paid for it in Jerusalem on the tree on the cross. It's our inheritance as the one new man. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the mighty name of Jesus Yeshua, amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Folks, this has been a blessing with the Messianic Rabbi Zeb Parat here on the program. I am your host, Brother Frank, joined by Brother Zeb, and we like to say good night and shalom. Men in Zion, for the day of the Lord is come. Lord, your men in Zion.